wait no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I'm your host, Joseph, and it's usually on this very podcast we talk about the latest and greatest in PlayStation with my best friend, Kyle. But Kyle couldn't make this episode, so I got the next best person, and that is Mr. Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. I drove on over. Yeah. So you're usually from the Xbox Drive, right? You Indeed, it's true. Appearances here before, and we're good friends. Mm-hmm. Some would even call we us lovers, indeed. but who knows? Yeah, you know? our love knows no bounds. Yeah. It is through the through the microphone that yeah. we found each other, uh, and that we march forward into the future. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's almost mm-hmm. going to be like a year. Uh, like I think May was our first like true interaction with each other, and just was like, it really? Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? It, seems it like feels like it was a lot longer. I know, right? God, I'm such a piece yeah. of shit. I get it. But yeah, usually no. here we talk about the latest, greatest in PlayStation, and we got a lot to talk about, Luke. We do. We got we a do. lot. We got THQ. <laughs> we got oh, Sean Lane says goodbye to Reggie fils We got Fortnite's latest patch, latest update, latest battle pass. But before we get into all of that, Luke, what have you been playing this week? Uh, if it wasn't Apex Legends with you, which I totally carried you in every single match, uh, it was absolutely some Anthem. I've been playing so much Anthem and Apex. It's been a great time. Yeah. Dude, so Apex, we've been crushing it together. We really, mm-hmm. we're a really good team. Most of the time. We are. It's Antonio Guillaume that just drags us down. <laughs> all right, you know? But no, oh, man. So much it's fun, been cool. Man. Because we learned how to read each other's movements because that game's communication system is so good. Mm. And you can communicate without speaking, and that is a huge benefit to gaming, I feel. Yeah, like I was playing Fortnite. I was trying to ping. I was like, oh, wait, this well, we'll talk about it. It didn't have it at the time. And so I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, I can't actually, I can't actually tell anybody where mm-hmm. I want to go because I can't do that. So you've been playing mm-hmm. Anthem, and um, mm-hmm. it's actually our first story of the week. Mm-hmm. We've both been playing it on separate yeah. platforms. Uh, mm-hmm. How are you liking Anthem? Because, you know, the news this week, it's not selling that great. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, the reviews have not been singing this game's praises. Mm-hmm. Coming off that really, really rocky demo, at least the VIP mm-hmm. demo, what are your right. thoughts on Anthem? The good, uh, the bad, the somewhere in between. Oh, they are. they are... Very divided, I would say, because with Anthem, um, I think much of the criticism that's getting laid to it uh, from objective critics uh, is absolutely apt. The the loading screens get in the way of what I find to be truly enjoyable gameplay. Uh, the game gets away away with very little in terms of communicating with its fans. It doesn't do much to discuss uh, what's going on uh, as far as menu management. It doesn't do a good job laying out what your next objective will be. Yeah, uh, that's per why mission. I, I actually, like, I got stuck at one portion because it said to complete a stronghold. And that's like, yeah, we got to the same spot. Yeah. And, and then, like, I completed it, but I still had, I still had that quest up. I was like, is this a glitch? Mm-hmm. And you helped me out. It's actually like, they just didn't explain it well. Right, right, and that's that's a great barometer for what you're going to see with a, with a great deal of Anthem. Is that the gameplay is wonderful? I think it's it's a beautiful game. Uh, taking down monsters and battling enemies is, is fun. I like the mission structure a lot. It's very simple, which I, I, I like, um, and I have a joy playing it. But it doesn't tell me what I need to do sometimes in a way that could be very easy. And there's a lot of menu navig- navigation. So I think a lot of the uh, critics that are 
kind of landing it with sixes. I think they're very accurate with that, but it's not gameplay that's the problem. The game yeah. itself is fun. Yeah. It's so like I, I'm coming along the same lines. Like, you know, my my tweets earlier this week were pretty damning and it it mm-hmm. it was frustrating. This game does get frustrating and I saw a lot of people like defending the game simply because they enjoy it and they see past the mm-hmm. flaws, but to a radical-ish degree, if I can even say mm-hmm. that, to an extreme for mm-hmm. me, I think the gameplay super fun. Like I, I, I it's relaxing, just roaming mm-hmm. around, just flying. I, I play as a storm javelin. I don't touch mm-hmm. anything else. It's, storms is so badass. It's just so mm-hmm. badass. Um, so like I play as a storm javelin, just just death from above, and it's so mm-hmm. fun. But to me, yeah, like the game doesn't communicate to you at all. It seems like yeah, it doesn't communicate the story to me at this very point in time is very incoherent. Um, there's just some things that I don't know what exactly is going on. I don't know why I should care about this world. And Mm -hmm. there could have been some just simple story devices put in place, maybe an extra cutscene here or there that could have bridged those, those gaps for me, but they just weren't there. Some of the acting Mm -hmm. as well, like you like Owen, I personally don't, um, Mm -hmm. And then the the other thing, and I guess I'm just a whiny reviewer, but yeah, they don't teach you how combos work in this game. I think yeah, there are a number of little things like that that it's just odd, and I think it speaks to uh, kind of the conflict that you have Bioware, this uh, supposed master storyteller uh, of a studio, and then uh, a looter shooter that that idea doesn't seem to match well with a, a single player narrative, and so you run into conflicts between those things, mm-hmm. uh, which is. Uh, frustrating to be sure, but anybody that that has played it and enjoyed the gameplay, if the gameplay is for you, yeah. I can see this six months from now looking very different and being more gameplay focused. Uh, I think there's a lot to enjoy in Anthem, yeah. uh, and I certainly do. Uh, I just you know bring a drink with me and my phone for Twitter when uh, whenever I hit a loading screen. Yeah, and that's I think the most frustrating thing is the loading screens take they take some time, man. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the thing that also kind of is taking me out of the experience because to me, when I'm playing a game, like great example, God of War, I, when I mm-hmm. start that game, I am just, I'm in it. Right. And I mm-hmm. don't want to, I don't want the outside world. I feel like if I'm looking at my phone while I'm playing a game, that game is failing to me in a point because mm-hmm. I should be fully engaged. And a lot of Anthem is like, okay, I'm playing, I'm, I'm, I'm playing the loading screen boss. Let me just pull out Twitter. And then I find, mm-hmm. I look at the screen. I'm like, oh, wait, ooh, damn. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. everybody's behind me or else I hit mm-hmm. another loading screen if I'm too far behind. So, like, to me, I, they, to fix this game, quote, unquote, it works mm-hmm. for the most part really fine. To me, the things that they need to improve on, they need to they need to nuke those loading screens. I feel mm-hmm. like if they're able to get somewhere like half of the loading screen just donezo, like they can just mm-hmm. make it a thirty second instead of like a minute thirty second load screen. I think they mm-hmm. got something really good here. And if they, the one thing that is the most tr- troublesome, bothersome thing to me is the fact that they they lock the menu behind a loading screen. If you don't like an ability you have or you don't like Mm -hmm. a gun you have, you have to go back to the forge, which means you hit another loading screen and then to get back into the game, you have to load back in. Whereas Mm -hmm. Destiny, you can just swap as many weapons as you want. You can Mm -hmm. even change your abilities, your spec on the fly. 
So for me, I just don't understand why those things weren't in the game when they even showed them off when it was one of their first trailers. You, you saw people swapping in and out of things in menus and not hitting loading screens. So I think if you can just nuke the loading screen, figure out the menu, I don't care if the story's bad because the Destiny storyline isn't that great. You know, the Division storyline, let's be honest, it's not that enthralling. You're there mm-hmm. because the action's really fun. And if you could just, you know shut up and get to the action, mm-hmm. I'm in. I'm into it. And also make me run faster in, in the Fort Tarsus. <laughs> and I think a lot, yeah, no kidding. I think a lot of the quality of life things, the improvements that, we'll, that we're looking for, we'll see over the next few months. Yeah. Uh, the question is, is will uh, are gamers going to wait around? Yeah. You know, uh, will EA stick around? And those are two, I think, very fair questions, uh, given how we've seen some some audiences abandon their game and others others stick with uh, their game. And I hope EA doesn't abandon it because I think Anthem is the start of something wonderful. Yeah. Uh, they just it needs some of it needs to be cleaned up. And uh, in truth, I could I hope this game is around for a number of reasons. Like you and I talked about potential crossovers with other franchises. Uh, we'd love to see them get crazy with some stuff. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to point out about Anthem is it has the unfortunate, uh, unfortunate or the, the misfortune of being launched in the wake of apex, which mm-hmm. is very good at being a multiplayer game yeah. in which you don't have to communicate with your voice so, and Anthem would benefit from something like that, like a ping system. So let's get right into the mm-hmm. first bit of the news. Our first goober is that UK sales charts. Anthem is number one, despite an underwhelming start. This comes from push square and it reads mm-hmm. the following in spite of some pretty damning analysis, Anthem soared straight to the number one spot in UK's weekly retail chart. Bioware's looter shooter released to a rather cold reception. And even though it topped the chart, it appears to have underperformed uh, the developer's last game, Mass Effect Andromeda, and sold more than, sorry, they said that weird. It sold less than the last game, Mass Effect Andromeda, which sold more than double in its first week. And Destiny managed about 10 times as much within the same time frame. As always, it's important to remember that this chart doesn't take in digital sales to consideration. So with that, we now understand why Kyle reads the news. And secondly, <laughs> this news, the comparisons, do you think they're fair comparisons? I think they're appropriate. Fair, I don't I don't know. I mean, it's an online game in a world that is uh, several years removed from when in, Andromeda, which was more of a single-player game, launched. Uh, and Destiny 2. Destiny was the first outing of Bungie post-Microsoft, post-Halo. And so it was always bound to be interesting, and it was a time when physical media was more popular. Um, but I think it's appropriate for for news outlets and retailers to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's very doom and gloom. I don't think it's uh, this crazy thing. I think that uh, we are living in an era of gaming now where free-to-play games are so accessible and so easy that they tend to chart super high and mm-hmm. perhaps skew our vision of what good numbers are. I think we saw that Horizon just hit 10 million. Was it Horizon? Horizon. Yep, Horizon Zero yeah. We'll talk about that in a sec, yeah. 10 million is uh, just uh, just over a third of what Apex Legends got in its first week. Yeah. But it's free to play, and, and there's there's other aspects to it. It's exclusive. So, you know, what, is it, what does it mean to sell anymore versus, like, the money it takes in? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. And so, like, a lot of people, because, like, EA wants this game to sell 6 million units within its first quarter. Do you think it's going to hit that number? I don't. I don't think. Looking at the sales projections, so far, it doesn't look 
possible. I, I don't think so. And maybe that's an anecdotal thing because we are seeing articles like this. And my, my good friend and co-host of the Xbox Drive, Sean Capri, uh, he used the EA Access trial. Yeah, that kid, you know. Um, but no, what a great dude. I love yeah, him. I but uh, when you he played the 10 hours of EA Access and he found that, hey, it's not for me or it is for me. And, you know, that brings up whether or not betas or demos or trials are, are good or bad for games. And I don't have that answer. Uh, but I found that more people are not as into it as I would have expected. Yeah. But this game is also skewed towards someone like me who likes sci-fi and, yeah. and likes See, and that's things. the thing. Like, Destiny, I think you have this pedigree of Bungie and you know them for multiplayer. So when they're making a massive multiplayer game like Destiny, you're already mm-hmm. on board because you know the gameplay is going to be great. You know it's going to be tight. You know the multiplayer aspect. You don't have to fear because it's Bungie. Whereas mm-hmm. Anthem, you have this prestigious right developer. BioWare has made some of the best RPGs, Western RPGs ever, right? KOTOR, Mass Effect, Dragon mm-hmm. Age, Great games, Jade Empire. That's on the Xbox. Luke, have you played it? Of course, you're not. You're I'm, not even a real fan. But oh I don't even know what Jade Empire is. I've seen the box. Jesus. Christ. If you showed me a screenshot, I wouldn't know what it was. <laughs> but like, they've made some amazing RPGs. Nonetheless, you don't know them for a shooting. You don't know them well for shooting mechanics, right? Like, you're not playing Mass Effect because the third person shooting is so tight. You know them for the story. <laughs> so when they're making a multiplayer game, you're like. But I want you to, I kind of want you to stick to what's good, right? Like what you're mm-hmm. good at. This is different. This is maybe a little bit too new to me. So when I see Anthem come out to this poor reception, to me, did did Apex hurt the game in terms of, you know, when Destiny got sixes and sevens, people still bought that game, right? Because mm-hmm. people were like, yeah, yeah, the story's not great, but I'm not here for a great story with Bungie. I'm here for great shooting. Seems like it has that. I'm on board. When it mm-hmm. comes to Anthem, you have all these poor reviews on top of the fact that, as I say, they see a six or they see a seven, they're already enjoying Apex, and they're just like, I'm going to sit out. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you think that there are people out there? Like, Do you think that Apex hurt this game? Uh, in my gut, I would say yes, but I think they're they're apples and oranges to a certain extent. But also, it would be silly not to acknowledge that many people are talking about Apex. Yeah, um, you were talking I about it on th- the Xbox Drive today. Absolutely, right? Where you were talking yeah. about um, uh, the Reddit the Reddit situation uh, that Bioware had, or not situation <laughs> conversation they had with fans, where fans wanted a ping system in the game, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. M- many people are, are asking for a ping system online. Uh, and, and I the think that's my dog. She, one right now. Yeah, she wants it right now. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's that time. It's that time of the evening. No, don't worry um, about but it. it. It is appropriate to, to note that apex is out, that it's an EA product, that it hit 25 million so quickly that it uh, came out what two weeks before Anthem. Yeah. It does feel very odd. Um, and strange. I, I think what's more telling is that I don't think divisions is eating Anthem's lunch by any means or vice versa. They feel so separate despite being such similar games. Yeah. Their aesthetics feel so different. I don't think they heard it. I think what hurt Anthem is Anthem. Uh, those sixes or sevens, are, I think, are appropriate when given objectively. And that VIP demo was bad. It didn't work. Uh, and it, it, I think, scared some people off. Um, I certainly downgraded from Legion of Dawn down to regular. Yeah. Uh, so I think Anthem hurt Anthem more than anything. Uh, but it's by no means as, it, as doom and gloom as I think uh, right. it might seem initially. All right. All right. 
enough anthem talk, you know? It's I've yeah, had why enough. even bring it up? You know, yeah, I'm, I apologize. Let's get to a new topic, a new segment of the show called My Body's Not Ready for This News. <laughs> this comes once again from Push Square, and it says the following. PlayStation boss Sean Layden thanks Nintendo's Reggie fils as an industry icon is announces his retirement. Reggie fils one of the most well-known figures in modern gaming, has announced his retirement. Reggie has been a part of Nintendo since 2003, working his way up to the position of President of Nintendo of America. The SIE World uh, Worldwide Studios Chairman Sean Layden wrote on Twitter, Reggie, thanks for all the games and your leadership in the industry. We are a better and brighter place with for your wisdom and efforts. With the appreciation and best wishes from all your friends at PlayStation. Man, if you only let us fucking cross-play Sony. Mm-hmm. These wise words. And the reason why I bring up Reggie on a PlayStation show is because he definitely changed things. For all Mm -hmm. of gaming. I Mm -hmm. honestly believe we would not have a Shuhei Yoshida if it was Mm -hmm. not for Reggie fils We wouldn't have a Phil Spencer if it Mm -hmm. wasn't for Reggie fils We wouldn't have a Kevin Butler if it wasn't for Reggie fils So I want to just break down the platform barriers as we're doing with this episode right now. Indeed. What was your favorite memory of Reggie fils I'm uh, saying he's he, dead. He's fine. He's retiring. He's being with his Oh, family. yeah. Yeah. And he'll be at Google in a year and a half. So yeah. don't worry, guys. Um, the, the truth is, I, I think Reggie did do a lot. He brought about the Shuhays and, and the Phil Spencers. He gave uh, human faces uh, in the place of mascots as this generation kind of, uh, kind of came to pass. Uh, but my favorite menu, er, menu, my favorite uh, memory of him oh. is when uh, he, he walked out and he said, I'm Reggie and I'm about kicking ass and playing games. And, yeah. He wanted Nintendo to uh, really have a go at Sony and PlayStation. Sorry, Sony and Microsoft uh, and Sega at the time, and he really pushed them into battling uh, for for being cool. Nintendo was was fun, but it wasn't cool the way that the extreme Xbox and the PlayStation mature audiences with Resident Evil were. And he wanted them to be cool, and he yeah. pushed it. And the cool thing about Reggie is the fact, like you. You talk about it like he wants to broaden the base out to us. And he mm-hmm. did it, but he didn't do it in a way of like, I'm being tough and edgy, as we're going to see THQ uh, try to do. He did oh, it no. in really awesome experimental ways where he's just like, I'm going to record a video with Mega64. And whatever mm-hmm. they want me to do, within reason, I'm going to do it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he made himself available for all these fun dorky stupid things that he knew hardcore people hardcore gamers like you and me were gonna watch we're going to look at and that's one of my favorite things about reggie is that he is a character in in himself right they made him a puppet like one mm-hmm. of my favorite memories of him and i know this sounds stupid but joe after work friend of the show one of the best stream- mm-hmm. no not one of he's the best streamer and, and not just mm-hmm. that but i'm sorry luke he's the greatest human being i've ever met in my life <laughs> oh yeah well yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> where is he on the show right now? But like, yeah, where is he? Someone... At? Did he come through? <laughs> Did he true. come through? Who's here? No, I'm just... <laughs> so like, he he has this thing where every time he gets raided by another streamer, he he fights Reggie or Reggie shoots like I like laser beams at him, and then like mm-hmm. he'll be like, all right, well now I gotta go play on uh, my Nintendo Switch. <laughs> just like, like that's that's what Reggie means to people, and like that's mm-hmm. the. That's the beauty. So, Reggie, go enjoy your retirement. And with that, you just said he's going to work at Google in a year. You think that's going to be the case? 
Yeah, totally. Oh, totally. <laughs> You're like, he's too young to retire. He's got this. Well, one. not just that. I mean, he's going to get bored and That's there's right. no scandal. There's no bad news. This yeah. dude's going somewhere else right. at some All point. Right. All right. With that, let's get into another bit of a new segment I would like to call Rumor Has It. Now, rumors happen all the time, but Luke, you're here on the show. I thought, what better way of having a Microsoft-related question or topic on the show with a PlayStation Mm -hmm. topic? We're merging it into one. This comes from comicbook.com. Microsoft is rumored to be looking at an Xbox Game Pass on PlayStation 4 after the Nintendo Switch, and it reads the following. Following the recent shocking news that Microsoft is looking to take that newfound friendship with Nintendo to the next level. Yeah, that's right. They're having sex. By bringing the Xbox Game Pass over to the Nintendo Switch, a new report has risen. Oh, it's risen. All right. Stated that. Oh, my God. You know what? I'm so sorry. Stated that they are also looking to bridge the the gap between one major platform, PlayStation. According to Windows Central, you get your hand out of my face, sir. Your hand out of my face. I had to wipe my nose. It was embarrassing. (laughs) I'm real dressed up, by the way, for anyone that's not on the Honest to God, you're more dressed up than you would be on the Xbox drive. I love it. And you're not eating a cookie? This is great. According to Windows Central, Microsoft is allegedly looking into meddling the two bringing game, Xbox Game Pass a subscription service which has been massively oh sorry that has seen massive amounts of success from gamers worldwide to the PlayStation 4 according to this uh, site the negotiation has been going on for over a year internally though it has not seen any fruition yet this then brings a question from the Discord server now you can write us into questions via at PS Trophy Room on Twitter or the Casa Day Bad Bit Discord server, Eric writes in, which what I think is the question of the week, and that is, with the rumors of Game Pass coming to both uh, the Switch and possibly PlayStation 4, is it possible that Microsoft is trying to push itself as a software only for, uh, with their games? And would this move, if true, open up a brand new set of games to play on the PlayStation 4, including Halo, Slash Gears, and maybe Oi in the Blind Forest games? Whew. So what do you think about this? Do you think this is true? Do you want it to be uh, true? Um, no, I don't want it to be true yet. Uh, I don't think you're going to get Halo on your PlayStation 4, um, but possibly 5. I don't think that's a, a crazy thing. I think it's totally possible that Xbox is shopping around Game Pass, not just to Nintendo, but to other platforms as well. Um, and I think as well it should if it's preparing for a battle against Apple or uh or Google. Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, this strikes for me as a, hey, we want Xbox to become an application that, that is available on your streaming device, whatever it may be, whether it's via xCloud, whether it's called Game Pass or something else. There is a, a future in which plastic boxes do, not no, do no longer need to be na- labeled uh, PlayStation or Xbox or Switch or Nintendo, whatever it may be. It's going to be a smart TV mm-hmm. uh, and it's modern equivalent therein and you'll just open the app. So I do think it's possible they've shopped it around, they've discussed it, they've certainly showed a willingness to play in this generation despite selling very well they're losing and yeah. so that that nature of losing has caused them to be more flexible and because of that i think it's very possible that you're going to see uh ori on your switch uh mm-hmm. via a streaming service or natively uh but then the idea that playstation 5 has it i think absolutely that that is a possibility yeah. uh and it's just my my account that goes with me and i'm fine with that i don't need the uh, 
I don't need anything but my account and the things I've purchased and my achievements to go with me. My ecosystem needs to travel with me. Yeah. The plastic box in which I use is not relevant. Yeah. So like for me, I, I want this news because I'm selfish, right? I want this news because I've told you this in confidence. I want to sell my Xbox ASAP. I don't like it. it. It's just not the hardware for me. You know, I've, I've had horrible luck with it. It's just not my system. All right, there you go. So I'd love, though, I want to, this system to be gone. I do love some of its games. Fable, what have you done, Microsoft? What have you, what have you done? Uh, Halo, Gears, some of my mm-hmm. favorite franchises of all time. Now i got to find a new pen. Don't worry. i got pens all over the place. I'm dropping them, but I keep on finding them on the desk. I would I'm love proud to play of you, buddy. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, I would love to play these games on my PlayStation like or on my smart TV, which is another mm-hmm. thing that comicbook.com uh, alluded to is that this Xbox wants, they want Xbox to be a platform and they want it to mm-hmm. be in as many places as humanly possible. And mm-hmm. so I think I'm with you to the extent where I think it's going to happen, but it's not happening right now because mm-hmm. right now that just reads we're waving the white flag this is this is it we've given up right to a certain yeah. extent and, and no company that that has 13 studios and has been buying studios left and right that's going to have 13 uh you know theoretically new games or more coming to its service has given up they've changed strategy yeah and i think they want to announce this new strategy publicly and they want to mm-hmm. have a foothold of like this is what it's all about before they start expanding to let's just say a smart TV or most importantly a Sony device. So mm-hmm. as much as I want it, because I would love to play, place it. Uh, I would love to play with my DualShock controller against you with your Xbox controller. I just mm-hmm. don't see this happening right now. It's by no means soon. Do I think it would happen? No, no, no. But it does excite me because we're like we're on the pe- precipice of something huge happening. Mm-hmm. And like you said something really interesting where it's just like you know a lot of people like like complained about like Xbox being in second place. And I'm like no, this is awesome because when they are down they're, they they they're then emboldened to do something crazy. Then they're like mm-hmm. okay, so this didn't work for us. Let's just throw the kitchen sink at it, see what works. And mm-hmm. that's why you have things like Game Pass. Right, like that's why I think mm-hmm. you're truly seeing things like XCloud. If Xbox was mm-hmm. doing fine, they wouldn't have to be pushed into doing something unique. So I really like. I I often remind listeners of the Xbox Drive a couple of a couple things. One, it is in this generation um, that they so definitive that Xbox so definitively fell behind that we got games with gold, that yeah. Game Pass became a thing, that customized controllers became a thing, that they completely redesigned hardware. Uh, into two iterations that 4k truly became adopted uh true 4k or or natively whatever you would decide the xbox one x does um that happened but then also that if they're in they're in second or third place depending on your perspective um if that's our wii u if that's our uh nintendo 64 our game whatever we're rocking it it's doing just fine this is our playstation 3 we're doing just fine like that's a that's a great place to be ps3 did do pretty well though yeah, it did make up its ground at the end. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's yeah. what I try to tell everybody, too, at the end of the day, is like, this is a PlayStation show, but I do always want people who play on Xbox to feel like I'm not attacking them. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to, like, you know, I'm not... I'm attacked. A, yeah. I'm attacked. I'm attacked. You know, I'm just... Yeah, we're PlayStation-focused, but I want everybody to kind of just come in and just go, all right, cool, chill, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's happened yet. 
but everybody's doing fine. Everybody's making money. That's the most important it's thing. It's fine. Xbox, fine. more profitable it's ever been. Nintendo printing cash right now. Did you see mm-hmm. those dumb, dumb looking Pokemon? And everybody's like, oh my God, Sword and Shield. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. All right, sure. I'm like, Instead of standard modus operandi, I don't want Game Pass. It's got old games on it. What's that? Pokemon? I played that when I was. Yeah, with real talk, I'm going to watch that movie. I'm going to watch, watch that movie. I'm going to buy that game. Yeah. Real talk. Let yeah. me tell you something. I don't mind playing an older game. Whew. I know. What's well, that? Splatoon 1.5? I loved it. Loved it. It's one, well, it's the best game on that system. With that, let's get to the next bit of news. This is another rumor hazard. Watch Dogs 3 supposedly debuting in 2019. This comes from PlayStation Lifestyle. Three years after the release of Watch Dogs 2, it looks like a new entry in the series is supposedly on its way. Not only will it appear to be at the end of 2020, 2019. Jesus, Kyle, come back, please. It will also be taking place across the pond. While none none of this is confirmed to be true, uh, Watch Dogs 3 would be a big change for of pace for the series. Now, they said across the pond, it's going to be, rumor has it, in UK, and you get to choose your protagonists if they want to be male or female, which is dope. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and also, it's going to focus on non-lethal uh, engagements instead of like shooting mm-hmm. people with guns, you're probably be tasering them or something like that. Mm-hmm. Does this news do anything to you? Do you like Watchdogs? Are you a fan of the series? Are you going to get this game if if it is indeed true? I'm very. It does do a lot for me. I'm very glad to see it happening because they did need kind of uh, something to fill the gap around Assassin's Creed. And if they are going to go non-lethal with it, that is truly the antithesis of assassin's creed and so i'm very glad to see that um i liked the first watchdogs a lot i recently just bought uh the second watchdogs i'm anxious to to dive back into it because i had a rough start when i first played it so i'm glad to have it again and i am going to go back into it um i'm glad it's it's seemingly happening i hope watchdogs isn't dead and um i'm also glad that ubisoft is diversifying its portfolio a bit because without watchdogs i mean there are a lot of what feel like Sammy games because you have the Tom Clancy Siege, Wildlands, um, and then you have what Starlink and Rabbids, like and then yeah. Assassin's Creed. So I'm yeah. glad to see another franchise hit. I'm sure I'm missing one. Far Cry, goodness. Far Cry, there you go. Trials yeah. Fusion, which just launched. You know, that's that's in mm-hmm. the drop. So yeah, awesome, cool. I'm on yeah, board with cool. this. I love this the second game. I loved Marcus as a character. I love him so mm-hmm. much I remembered his name. That should tell you something. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm on board. This is a day one. If I see this and I can play as a trick, because I do prefer to cho- uh, play as the ladies, just because mm-hmm. I like how usually everything looks on them. Not to say like mm-hmm. I like the big boobies and the undercut shirts, but like when no, it I comes to, yeah. yeah, like the armor looks better on them. Like in World of yeah. Warcraft, always chose a trick because the shoulder pads didn't look ridiculous. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I like to see a female kick ass every now and again. So, I'm I always choose a guy because I wanted to be me. Yeah. I, that's the only reason I've ever gone with a certain character. I wanted to be as close to me as possible. Yeah, no, like we're going to talk about like Aloy in a second. And I love mm-hmm. her. She's one of my favorite characters ever. Mm-hmm. I, I see myself as Aloy. Sex doesn't like appeal to me one bit when it comes to like connecting with a character. Like skin That's tone, cool. orientation, whatever. It doesn't I don't care. I could always, if I see a bit of myself, like the the best part of myself in a character, I'll cling on. Mm-hmm. To that. With that, 
Let's get to the Flash news, and I'm going to write this down before I forget, because we're putting time codes in, and it was at 3147. Remember that. All right. Resident Evil 2 shuffles over 4 million copies sold. This comes from Push Square. Now, Capcom has said that the game has shipped over 4 million units. It's already approaching the lifetime sales of the original Resident Evil 2, which stands in uh, stands at just under 5 million units sold. Congratulations, Capcom. That's in mm-hmm. order. Single-player games still sell. So I wanted to put this on here. Personal game of the year for me so far. It's fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Are you going to... I know you ha- you don't have the game yet. Are you planning on picking this game up? Yes, I am planning on snagging it. Um, probably going to hit sale soon at some point, so I'm definitely going to snag it then. Um, I wasn't able to play it for review in time for, for our content, uh, but I'm glad it's happening, and I'd be curious to see, you know, we we're talking about Anthem sales. If, if Resident Evil 2 is hitting 4, is that success for Capcom, or is it failure? Uh, is it successful if Anthem does four? Or is that failure? I'm curious what that means. I think means. that's a huge success, right? Because like, I would too. Look at EA; they wanted six million units out of Anthem. We already see. Mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't ship doesn't mean sold, but they already shipped four million of this. Mm-hmm. Huge. I'm just wondering yeah. where do they take the the series next? You know. Yeah, do, that is a great question because seven we, was first person. Exactly. Do we see a first person or do we see more of a third person? I don't know. I'm I'm curious myself. With that, our next piece of the Flash news: Overwatch gets a new character, the support character Baptiste. This comes from Polygon. It's been over a year since Overwatch received its latest support character, Brigitte, and a few months since BlizzCon, we met. Ash, the game's newest hero. Blizzard Entertainment has now revealed the next new character coming to the game, Baptiste, a damage-oriented support with a heavy reliance on Gadget. Jean-Baptiste Augustine, ho ho is described as a combat medic who hails from Haiti. And yes, Haiti's French people. They were a French colony. Indeed. They used to print money for the for the French government. That's why they kept it so bad. They wanted Haiti so much that they sold the Louisiana Purchase to Thomas Jefferson. Read a book, damn it. Read a book. History's fun. Hails from Haiti. He was an orphan during the Omni Crisis and has joined a military group called the Caribbean Coalition to make the most out of his situation. Looks dope. What, what are you mouthing? <laughs> just reading. I'm just saying whatever you're saying. <laughs> so I just want to just give a second, a shout out to Blizzard. They've done a, such a great, uh, great job with representation in their video games. It's awesome. We got, you know, my dad's now gay. We got Tracer gay. Awesome. Awesome. Again, I connect with those characters. They're both awesome. I both see the best parts of myself in those characters. Um, seeing Baptiste, a person of color. And also... A Caribbean, right? Like, you don't see a lot of mm-hmm. people, uh, a lot of, like, heroic characters from, like, other parts of the globe that isn't, like, North America or Europe. So, oh, you, you haven't played Lifeline in Apex? It's true. It's yeah, true. I got you on that one. I don't want to do the voice because I'll just mess it up and it'll sound bad. You <laughs> can't, can't do that. I need you to keep no. your job. The Division 2 open beta trailer attempts to get get the hype flowing ahead of the launch later this week. This comes from Push Square. Just a heads up, there's an open beta for The Division. It is from March 1st all the way to March 4th. Mm-hmm. Are you going to try this open beta out? Probably not. Um no. Just not I, I would love to check. No, nothing like that. Uh, I've just got other stuff I'm enjoying. 
a couple games for review, and I'm, I'm I am loving Anthem. Um, and betas betas kind of burned me a bit recently, and so. Uh, I know what Division is. Uh, if we get extra codes for review, I'm definitely going to jump into it. If not, um, I'll probably go back and fill out some backlog stuff when Division launches. But I'm very glad that Division 2 looks to improve everything on Division 1 and that fans can enjoy it. I know my buddy Sean, uh, he loves Division, and so I'm very happy for him. Awesome, awesome. And let me buy time as I'm doing multiple things at once. Horizon Zero Dawn, and this is actually pretty awesome celebrates its second anniversary by announcing 10 million units sold worldwide. This comes from the PlayStation blog. Please read this article because it shows you so much of the fan work and also the love, the dedication, the hard work of uh, Guerrilla Games Studios to go out there and what it took to make this game. It's an awesome deep dive. Here's just a quick quote. Uh, And yet, we are already well over 10 million copies sold worldwide. The idea that we are able to bring Aloy's journey to so many players is astounding. We've been deeply moved by the enormous amount of fan creations you've posted online, as well as the heartfelt letters you've sent sharing your favorite moments from Aloy's journey. And it's awesome. It's an awesome, in-depth look at the culture that surrounded the game. Awesome. Congratulations, Gorilla Games. Seriously, if you guys don't have this game, please buy it. It's the reason why this podcast exists. I love this game so much. Aloy is, said it before, she is one of the best. When I think of like female representations in a video game, Aloy is probably the first thing I think of. Maybe Laura, the new Laura Croft, but like she's the she's the epitome of like awesome writing she's a character yeah. i care so deeply about she's an awesome character no yeah. doubt about it yeah i know you're not you, you're not you didn't jive well with the game right yeah i played maybe six hours i liked it but it didn't click um and i think that's just a matter of timing yeah um but it's on my shelf it i've never once traded it in i know at some point in my gaming uh pantheon i'm gonna go back and, and get to it um i, I was always again. impressed by it i'll try it again because yeah. i understand the first like three or four hours it is a little rough. I'm going to say that. Mm-hmm. It is. They do hit you with a lot at once. But I'd say give it another chance because your story's so good. Yeah. No, it was very well made. That's for sure. Goodness gracious. And then to celebrate Horizon Zero Dawn's second anniversary, PUBG celebrates Horizon is Zero Dawn. Is it a Dawn's- celebration? <laughs> is it a celebration? <laughs> second anniversary with skins. This comes from Push Square yet again, stating... Uh, Starting on the 5th of March through the 5th of April, you'll be able to unlock the following content from Blue Hole's popular Battle Royale game. Now, I'm not going to list it all here, but you get a special, um, the the cultist outfit, the Alkalites outfit from Horizon Zero Dawn, you get by unlocking and doing certain tasks in PUBG. And uh, with that, I was going to call you Kyle Luke. Remember, Remember PUBG, Luke? I try not to, dude. I try not to. All right. In a world where yes. Apex, where Fortnite, where Realm War Royale yeah. is so much, where those games can be so much fun, you can jump in and have a more polished experience than PUBG. I don't know what they're doing. Dude, it's so weird. It's so weird it. to see how fast this thing's fallen out of touch like with the gaming community. Because, like, what is it? Like, a few months ago, they did a, a collaboration with Suicide Squad? Right, they sure did, and and at first I was like, oh, cool, I actually like the DC universe. I'm one of the three and a half people that do. <laughs> um, but it it speaks to 
uh, a failure to adapt. Like, why would you do a Suicide Squad uh, piece of content at all in 2018? What are you doing? Yeah, that's an odd. This is an odd choice. And um, I, our next uh, two stories reference Fortnite, uh, which is this fast adapting studio, and they uh, PUBG and Bluehole shows this extreme what looks like a lackadaisical attitude towards lackadaisical yeah. attitude towards improving their their content base. Um, it's just so strange that PUBG is still existing. I know the PS4 brought, brought it new life, uh, as it typically does when you bring a new system or a new platform in, but PUBG is just an odd, surprising case of this game was on the boxes for Xbox, and it was on Game of the Year lists, yeah. and it's it was broken, and that's an odd, interesting thing to look back on. Yeah, and it's, it is it is interesting. It's also interesting to see that they didn't do any of this. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but they didn't do any of this cool stuff with Xbox, right? Even like, here's a Halo helmet or whatever. Oh, not much. To my knowledge, there wasn't anything crazy. Because the first thing they did, I thought, was Nathan Drake stuff. But I, I'm yeah. sure there's there's little stuff here and there. We're talking about, like, major franchise crossover uh, on some level. And I don't remember them doing that. And that's, like, that's the exact kind of stuff you you need to do to keep players engaged. Lest your, your stories no longer become hit this many million players today so much as loses 8% of its player base or whatever. We're about to talk about this right now, so let's get right into it. Fortnite Season 8 adds a Volcano Party Assist Trophy. This comes from, let me just get it right here, uh, the PlayStation blog. Freed from the Ice King's castle, the now-powerful prisoner has brought fire and flame to Fortnite and its islands. Ooh, its islands. Okay. Pirates, ninjas, and a shipload of new fighters were tussle over for treasure, battle with pirate cannons, and uncover legendary loot. For those daring to explore, the new Lazy Lagoon and Sunny Steps locations are just a jump away with the help of volcano vents. There's are tons of new areas to explore and secrets to uncover in this season X marks the spot. Seriously, PlayStation, how dare you? And then with this new update, Fortnite Season 8 also adds Apex Legends-style pinks uh, feature. This also comes from Kotaku. And we were talking a little bit about this before the show, Luke. Mm-hmm. That's the news right there. How? Apex it's came almost out like they It's the, almost like they make engines. You know, on the back end, it's like they own and make the engines on a regular basis that Fortnite was able to input a system that is so well enjoyed by Apex uh, players across multiple systems uh, is impressive at their response time. And two tells you that a well-made engine allows for versatility and fast response. And that's what I think a lot of other games are missing um, because they're not epic. Yeah. And I mean, it also goes to show the the threat that this game Apex Legends does pose to Fortnite, and that they mm-hmm. saw this as something people really liked, and not to mm-hmm. say that they didn't demand it from Fortnite, but you didn't hear you know the the clarion call to to get this feature into Fortnite. It was just like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is a cool feature. Mind if we take it? Like we took this idea and just mm-hmm. bam, it's in their game. It's nuts. And then this news to top it all off. Fortnite revenue down nearly 50% since since December. This comes from comicbook.com again. Jesus, I was really just scrounging for anything, huh? Fortnite has seen some incredible success since the recent uh, release of the Battle Royale version of the game. That said, mm-hmm. the massively popular title finished 
2018 strong, and the new year has not been as kind. It looks like Fortnite revenue is down nearly 50% since December. So with all these changes, first and foremost, uh, Luke, this is pretty this is pretty nuts. Down 50% through December. Do you think Apex Legends has anything to do with that? Or do you think this is just people getting tired of the game? Oh, I think, of course, Apex has something to do with it. When you have a free-to-play title that launches and works, yeah. uh, that's that in and of itself is going to draw players in. Uh, couple with it, the fact that it uh, was on multiple systems at one time. Uh, absolutely, it's digging into its player base. But similarly, to Fortnite's credit, when you're on top for so long, the only place to go is down. And the that's story is that it's lost... <laughs> the only the story... Goodness gracious. Uh, the only... Story that's being written is that it's down fifty percent, not still making crap loads of money. Yeah, you, you know, because that's a, that's that's the that's that's the title that's going to sell you, right? That's the title that's going to get clicks. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of people like I saw, and it just goes along with this whole theory of like, if one game is doing bad, that means this game's dead. I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of memes of like Apex killing Fortnite. Because Apex is just such a great game. I agree. I love Apex. I, again, stop playing Fortnite because I love Apex. Like, I don't even, with all these changes, I don't think I'm still going back. I maybe got to try it out for a little bit. But, but how much time did you put in? I mean, you played so oh, much, you hundreds. just probably burned out. Yeah, that too. Like, I've played enough of it. Like, how much mm-hmm. can I play? And it doesn't mean that, like, the game's dead. It's still, you look at Twitch, you look at Mixer, right? Is that what the small? Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I love Mixer. Like, yeah, like hundreds of thousands of people are still streaming this game. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show. <laughs> you know, it's awesome. It's still doing mm-hmm. really well. And also, like, season eight, yeah, like, Islands. What? Like, I'll try. I'll dip. Maybe I'll dip my, my toes in the company, Inc. We'll, we'll give it a go. You'd probably jump in with Bobby here and there, and you'd probably have those kind of matches, yeah. but you probably wouldn't be rushing home the way you do with Apex uh, yeah. or the next big thing that happens. And that's the ebb and flow. The difference is... Uh, as players, we get the luxury of not worrying about that kind of stuff. Whereas game makers, they just want to make the most money. Yeah. Um, you know, and so there's a, or game publishers, I should say. And so there's a, you know, the story is going to be that it's down 50%, not, hey, second place is awesome. Um, and Tetris 99's eating all their Battle Royale lunch. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Nobody's talking about, you know, Tetris 99 and the domination. Like, dude, Kyle can't get enough of this game. He loves yeah, it. and Kyle's not a competitive player, so I was really glad to hear that he was finding joy in a competitive-ish game. Uh, and it also speaks to the idea that you can take something original, or something old, rather, and, and just apply it in a slightly different genre or different aesthetic, and it works out. And it's funny that Tetris Effect did it, mm. and then Tetris 99 did it. And that's that's a cool uh, thing, because Tetris has been around for so long, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's pretty cool. You want to know I, what else is cool? Can I read the next story? Yeah, sure. The the, the PlayStation Plus March 2019 line, lineup has been announced. Yeah. Can I, yeah? The two games that you are getting, and I said only two, which is odd enough as it may be, Call of Duty 4, uh, Modern Warfare, that's the remastered uh, version. That's hitting PlayStation 4, along with Game of the Year contender, The Witness. Isn't that awesome? It's, it's very awesome, but per our notes, uh, it does seem a little odd because this is our first month without the Vita. Rip. Oh, and PlayStation 3, but the Vita. Rip. Moment of silence, please. Let's give a little respect it deserves. 
Okay, we're good. Oh, I miss my Vita. My, I had the pearly white Vita. Oh, so good. Oof, oof. I had, yeah, I had just the, I got it imported from Japan. Like, I bought a guy's Japan uh, PS Vita two weeks before it came out here in the States. Dope system. You think you know Joy, but have you played Shovel Knight on an OLED screen? Whew. That's true. Have you played Gravity Rush? Because it's great. Gravity Rush is great. How about Killzone Mercenary? That was a fun one. That was a good one. It was so ahead of its time. You know what game I liked for the Vita? (laughs) Unit 13. Unit 13. Yes. I I was going to buy that, and then I saw the reviews. Again, I got Anthemed before Anthem was a thing. I was just like, oh, "Oh, I'm good. So we had games of gold. Sorry, I took us off track. No, don't worry about it. It's fine. Mm -hmm. We had games of gold. Now we have, you know, like, I'm sorry. You have games of gold. All these games get announced this mm-hmm. this month. What was it? Yeah, Republic Commando, which is one of the best Star Wars games ever made. Uh, From OG Xbox. OG Xbox. Adventure mm-hmm. Time? Yeah, that's a game. Uh, Weird. Ad- Adventure. <laughs> what else were Like, there was two other games? Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Okay, dope. Uh, which dope. is the second Konami, Konami game in uh, two months, which is interesting. Second Star Wars game in two months with Republic Commando. Uh, and then, goodness great. Oh, Plants vs. Zombies 2, Garden Warfare. Okay. Now, Garden Warfare 2. these two uh-huh. games matched up to the games of gold, what we got here? Who's winning this fight, Luke? The gamers. Sorry, I, I I don't know. This is six of one, half dozen the other. There's some. There's uh, hard to quantify that because sometimes you can look at it and say, oh, this very clearly, this is a great month, uh, very clearly a great month. Uh, but it's a matter of, do you want the a re, is a remastered Call of Duty interesting to you? Because that's that's the one where the map packs are, map packs are really expensive. Are you playing that for the old, old multiplayer? Or are you playing it for the the story? It's something you play before. The Witness is an extremely good game by all accounts, but it's difficult. Yeah, like. I think it's gonna. It's difficult to lock some people out. Uh, you know, there's a there's a value proposition. I don't know which one's better this month. There are times <laughs> when I when I strongly am like, yes, this. Yeah. I don't know about this one. I you think. Know? Yeah, I think simply because games of with gold have Republic Commando makes it mm-hmm. so difficult for me. Like I'm going home. I'm I'm gonna play Republic Commando. I never yeah. do that. Old games are old. Like I, I sit here and I tell you, oh, this this month's good month. I never play games of gold or or PlayStation Plus games. I just don't. Oh, you never do, really? Nah, like I, I don't. Nah, I say I do and then I forget. <laughs> Interesting. Some there usually yeah. that's the game that I'm like, you know what? I got 30 minutes, yeah. and then if I get roped in, I get roped in. Okay. You know. Yeah. But I am. I I I, I might try the witness out. I just don't feel like getting a notebook out and just doing homework. You know what I'm saying? My witness, sir. And now we have Luke Lore. Are you ready? Prepare the drop. Each week, the latest and greatest in games come out on PlayStation. And the list is so long. Let me tell you something. It's way too long to just sit here and go, this game came out. That game came out. So we each pick one game. I put mine down on the notes. I didn't tell Luke before the show that we were doing this segment, so I bet he's looking at it right now. You're darn right I am. My pick for the week of February 26th is Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. The iconic 90s duo is back in the groove with all new presents to help them navigate the whack planet earth and retrieve the lost pieces to rap master what the hell is this 
Rapidmaster <laughs> Rocket. Team up with co-op play to discover secret locations, hidden presents, and new friends. Okay, obviously I just read that description for the first time. <laughs> I hear the so Rap much. Master Rocket. <laughs> Master Rocket, I'm sorry. Um, I've heard so much about these games. Like back in the day, right? Where I think these were on the Genesis, I believe. In like SNES. I think so, yeah. So I hear yeah. so much about them. I've never played these games. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to get into this game and try it out for the first time. Is this a way mm-hmm. for a, a sale? Absolutely, because I've never played these games before. And I'm... Yeah, I, I'm a student, guys. I'm a full-time student. I can't just spend my nickels and dimes willy-nilly. Do you got a game, Luke? Yeah, no, I looked at it. There are actually quite a few good ones in there that I think a lot of people would know. Um, but the one that I I suppose am, am most keen to recommend is probably one that might surprise you. It's Dirt Rally 2. Uh, because what, what intrigues me about this is it's a Dirt Rally game, so there's a niche interest there. But amidst Crackdown and Far Cry New Dawn and Anthem and this crowded window dirt, and Metro uh, Exodus, Dirt Rally 2 is landing uh, above all of them critically. And I find that just interesting and funny in a game knowing what it needs to be yeah. uh, to appease its audience. That's kind of neat, but there's some other good ones in that drop. So, so with that, yeah. go over the PlayStation blog. Check out the drop or go to your you know your PlayStation, turn it on, see what's in mm-hmm. store. Have yourself an adventure because this new segment, our last segment of the show, that's right. I didn't sneak into Andy, Andy House's uh, snail mail this week. It was a moment of truth. I did sign that decree after all. We got to give Andy a break every now and again. And with that, shout out to Mark, whoever you are out Mark. there. Mark, Mark, hold it Mark, down. THQ oh, man. held a Q&A on a website banned for suspected child pornography. Yes, you've heard well, all those words. They came out yeah. of my mouth, and I never thought that they would come out of my mouth on the show. <laughs> I would have to be reading about this, but here we are. 2019. Let's get on this roller coaster ride, Luke. Let's go strap in. THQ. This comes from a waypoint, by the way. A terrific article. Give them a click. THQ Nordic, a publisher largely known for the past few years as a company who announces the acquisition of the rights of new games every few days, hosted a Q&A today on 8chan, the same 8chan that's been involved in incidents regarding child pornography, swatting, gaming, Gamergate, and more. 4chan itself is already notorious for being a haven of racist, sexist, and otherwise inflammatory rhetoric, but 8chan was created out of the belief that 4chan itself was too limited. 8chan has been notorious early on for being a gathering place for hate group like Gamergate, was found to be hosting child pornography at various points and was eventually blacklisted from coming up on Google searches because it contained suspicious child abuse content. In other words, it's an absolute hellscape, even by the internet standards. And this is where THQ Nordic decided to hold a Q&A. And here are the tweets. It goes as follows. The first tweet... We're doing a HN AMA, and we have no idea why. Come join us. The second tweet, when people ask why 8chan and why not just a regular place like Reddit or Facebook Live or even Twitter or t- Tumblr, for that matter, <laughs> just anywhere, just any Twitch, they say this. The opportunity was here, and we took it. 
We got approached in a very friendly and polite manner, and we're assured said person, shout out to Mark, shout out to Mark, will take care of the nasty stuff. So here we are. Insert SpongeBob voice a few hours later. They apologize. Or the person apologize. In his first tweet, uh, the Philip Brock, PR managing director of THQ Nordic, tweeted the following. I personally agree to this AMA without doing proper due diligence to understand the history and controversy with this site. I do not condone child pornography, white supremacy, or racism in any way, shape, or form. The next tweet. I'm terribly sorry for my short-sightedness of my decision and promise to be far more vigorous in my assessment of these activities in the future. And then last tweet. This was not about being edgy. This blew up, and I very much regret having done it in the first place. Philip Brock, PR Managing Director, THQ Nordic, Vienna, Austria. Luke, I just said a lot of words, so I'll start with this. Um, how? <laughs> was this your first time hearing 8chan of this uh, yes. site existing? Yes. Yeah, I was... Uh... Stunned, I suppose. I think I thought they were hacked, probably like like quite a few people did. Um, it certainly seems to be one of the most misforced, unforced errors uh, we've seen a company make. And it's so odd because THQ Nordic, when they came onto the scene a few years ago, everyone was like, well, what are you doing buying up old franchises? And then suddenly they're making money. And this strikes me as likely to, to cost quite a few people jobs uh, or, or contracts or potential new franchises. And uh, the business side of this is is where I was kind of focusing my thoughts because the, the Actually, other side let me cut you off here. too much. I'm sorry, because this question, I stole it from the mm-hmm. most famous Seamus I know. He writes in, what was your mm-hmm. reaction to THQ's decision to host an AMA on, on HN? I'm sorry, I need to get mm-hmm. credit where credit's due. Continue, sir. Um, I, had, I didn't know what HN was, yeah. so it took um, Patrick Klepek and uh, a few other uh true games journalist to kind of point it out to me. And then I was just more stunned, I suppose, than anything. It seems, again, as I said, an unforced error um, that likely is going to hurt people that had nothing to do with that decision, uh, both game makers uh, and people that work in, in various accounts of publishing. Uh, it, there, there's more, I suppose, news that Patrick Klepek and several other journalists are reporting on yeah. that, have to, that, that might shed more light on this and stuff that I don't think I'm well-versed enough to talk about. Uh, with it, but it was certainly disturbing when you kind of find out the details there. And there's no doubt about that. I don't think any rational mind would agree that uh, they were okay. Are they're okay with that idea? Yeah. Um, there's probably more to it that I don't know, and frankly, I don't know that I want to. Yeah. So my my legitimate reaction, and I'll go through the play by play for you, famous. Um, was confused because I was like, "Is a chan another part of four chan?" Right. Uh, and then mm-hmm. I approached you. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And you gave me mm-hmm. the you gave me the the summary of what it is. And I'm just like, "Why, why?" And I'm and then I think to myself, right. "Okay, well maybe people are just overreacting. Maybe this isn't that bad." So I clicked the link to the AMA, and you made a list, and um, I made a list. <laughs> You're definitely. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> I felt immediately the FBI was watching me and I needed an explanation. I was like, you just listen, I'll go to Congress. I'll testify. Okay. I'll talk about all the collusion you want. <laughs> just get me out of here. I didn't even make it a scroll. Um, I was seeing people praising Adolf Hitler. 
I was seeing very lewd images, just to say the least. Uh, and then I made it to one of the characters that had this anime girl as their avatar. I think avatar. I don't know. Um, and, you know, like, usually anime girls, man, you don't know their age. And that's very concerning. This one, you definitely knew it was a child. And they were definitely wearing something that just grossed me out. And I exited out. And then I see all these... Um, I see all these pictures of like other examples that people got from that AMA and you could just definitely see that Mark did not do his job. <laughs> the nasty stuff, not there. Like it's there, right? You're mm-hmm. seeing them try to answer these questions of like, mm-hmm. like, and they're just, they don't know how to respond to them. You just sense the awkwardness in the air. And mm-hmm. to me, do you th- or my question to you rather? Do you think they knew what this site was? Do you think this was an oversight by a PR person thinking, "Hey, we can be edgy if we're on this more edgy site"? Like, why not just do a Reddit post, right? So, like, do you think this was just an oversight, a mistake, or do you think that they knew what they were doing? Not saying that they were promoting this, but they wanted to do it to seem like they were edgy. I truly don't know because there are signs that could easily lend themselves towards either side of that argument. I think it's definitely a mistake in that like they screwed up and this is certainly going to hurt their, their business and uh, their confidence with, with tuned in player bases. I mean, I would imagine like many stories, it does blow over uh, to the mainstream mainstream kind of forgets about it as the next big thing to be angry about comes about. Um, But as far as whether or not it was a direct mistake, I truly don't know. I would imagine, uh, some investigative journalism happens from some of the more qualified and I'm curious to see that stuff, but I would just as soon try and look past and forget it. Uh, cause it is such a disturbing thought. Uh, and I say, forget it with, with a relative sense of, of like caution the, as a consumer. Yeah. You know? For me, um, it's just really gross. Uh, like yeah. I think, I don't know if you know this Luke, but I'm studying to be a PR major. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Can I tell well, you what you shouldn't do, buddy? What's that? <laughs> you shouldn't host an AMA without vetting the source. Exactly. And, like, that is such a big thing with with my area is you're always vetting. Like, you're mm-hmm. always – you're before you do every anything, like, a lot of people don't know this. Like, you're working on Christmas stuff in July. Like, mm-hmm. that's how far ahead you're supposed to be. In terms of like getting the word out for certain things, you're always working months in advance for certain things. And to see this thing happen and just knowing the amount of research you have to do in order to like you have to understand social media to an insane degree to just get your foot in the door at a PR place. So for me, I think just knowing the area that I'm in they knew exactly what the site was. I don't know if they knew the to the insane degree of what it's really just fucking disgusting uh, of what the site entailed. Because mm-hmm. um, again, like I didn't know, but again, I'm not also a multi million dollar company with an agency of interns. I could have just again, where the fuck is Mark? Don't see him. Um, you know, I don't think you you run this huge agency without knowing the different types of social media traffic that you can get 
And when Mark says, Mark, uh, when Philip says, you know, again, in that second tweet, we had an opportunity, we took it, we got approached in a very friendly manner, and assured said person, shout out to Mark, I can't say, seriously, we'll take care of the nasty stuff. We'll take care of the mm-hmm. nasty stuff. We'll take care of the nasty stuff. We'll take care of the fucking nasty stuff. They knew exactly what site they were going to. Mm-hmm. Because you don't say that when if you're talking about Reddit. You don't say that if you're talking about Facebook or Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. You know that people are going to say stupid shit. Like, I know, like, a YouTube comment here is going to call me fat, stupid, and ugly, and you're right. Check, check, check. Like, I know there's going to be a dumb, dumb idiot every now and again, but those sites are not, they don't have the reputation of, hey, you know, white supremacists go here. Hey, this place has been lack- blacklisted by Google because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, as an educated consumer, and maybe I'm just acting in the moment, but, like, this makes me never want to purchase a THQ game. Really? It just... it Really? Because the no. reaction to this has been, Phillips still has a job. And I know, like, we were talking about this, like, a few hours ago, or yesterday, rather, of, like, man, it would suck to be in his position right now. Mm-hmm. because they're like, yeah, you're feeling the heat. But I think we say that because if we were in his position, but at the same exact time, if we were in his position, this would have never happened, right? Yeah, I, yes, and I, I would think so, and that's why I'm so hesitant to... I don't know definitively what went on, and my hope is that as we learn more information about whatever it is, yeah. those people who have nothing to do with this poor choice... Uh, I hope that their well-being through making games or working in the publishing side that maybe had nothing to do with this, I hope they are not impacted too heavily. Um, that said, there are consequences to poor decisions, and this this might have gray ones, or it might blow over until people are mad about the next thing, and, and I'm unsure as to where it's going to go uh, because I've not looked into it today after learning about it yesterday. And uh, Again, I hope that the right people are paying attention, I don't want to focus on that when I look at video games and it's a shame we have to talk about it in a gaming sense, you know? And and that's the thing, like for, from what I've heard, um, the person in charge, uh, I think his last name's Lars. I forget who the CEO of THQ Nordic is, but he was just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he issued his apology. And it was kind of just like cavalier about it. It was just like, whatever. I'm like, is that Mm -hmm. like, is that how you take that? Like, cause to me, if, if like he dropped the, the F bomb, like, yeah, like, he, he, he issued his apology. But it's like, this is like, children are involved, dude. Mm-hmm. And when you oversee a company like that, that's why to me, it's just like, I I feel disgusting just supporting that. Just saying, here's my money, just take it. I don't care what you mm-hmm. did. And to me, like, I'm a dumb, dumb idiot, and I didn't know what 8chan was. Now I do today. And I, th- I think of myself as a good human being, right? I think of this as promoting this site that thousands of people would not have known existed until mm-hmm. today. And some of those people out of the thousands that learned about HN are not decent people. Right? Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing that I I can't echo my disgust with THQ with doing this. Because now some disgusting human being has a platform to do whatever it seems. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just don't feel comfortable. I don't know. Give it time, and um, 
Now, I would never forgive the transgression, but hopefully we 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 learn something that allows us to find a way to enjoy those games again. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully there's more the information that comes to light later. Right? It's not the developer's correct. fault, and so that that's theoretically where, correct. Yeah, it's just like, but at the same time, it's just, dude. You know, it's just, dude. Unforced error for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. With that, I don't want to. I don't want to focus on this too much at, at this point. I thought it's important because, you know, Famous Seamus a few weeks ago gave us that awesome question. And sometimes there are things that are bigger than PlayStation that we should address. And that's why I wanted to address it on the show. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't have any uh, viewer mail at, at the end of this. So everybody who sent their viewer mail, thank you so much. I do have one announcement. One, you made it this far, viewer. There's one more thing you need to do. There is a game coming out called Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Luke, have you ever heard of it? I have. And, and I got to tell you, you, you've been selling me on being interested in it. It's becoming more a loop game the more you talk about it. Oh, it's going to be so cool. And I'm so excited for it. And for one of Fiona's questions, because we were talking about it last, uh, last night. Real talk for you guys. Uh, we recorded this episode last night, me and Kyle. I screwed up. And I put the wrong microphone. It sounded awful. So that's why we're doing this all over again. Luke couldn't make it. Luke came in because Luke's amazing. And so um, with that, I was talking about uh, to this uh, with Kyle. I want to do something really cool. Sekiro Shadows Died Twice is coming out at the end of March. I believe March 20th, I believe, or 26th. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, Around there. So. To celebrate Sekiro Shadows Died Twice because I love, where's, where's, my, where's my Bloodborne guy? Oh, right there. Because I love Bloodborne so much. We're going to do a giveaway of Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And to do it is rather simple. All you have to do is follow PS Trophy Room, and then there's going to be a pinned tweet. You like, and you share that pinned tweet, and then the, I'm going to say, let's, let's, get, let's, get the, let's get the, you know what? Next time I might be more prepared for this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe before I just say, hey, we're going to announce something huge. Here's the thing, guys. You got to like, you got to subscribe, you got to share. But really, truly, I want you to share the trophy room with uh, other people that you think would like this show, people that would enjoy just the discussion of games, engage us on Twitter, and all in all, just have a good time. I vamped. Here you go, Sean. Uh, you're not Sean. You're Joe. Uh, <laughs> so here's, your, here's what you do. You like, you share, you follow the trophy room on Twitter, PS Trophy Room, and then we will announce the winner on Thursday you ready for it? I'm ready. Are you sure? Thursday, I, the 21st, the day before the game comes out. So March 21st. it comes out on the 22nd. Don't say the 20th unless you catch these hands. Oh. So that's what you, all you need to do. Again, follow us, PS Trophy Room. Retweet uh, the pin tweet. Like the pin tweet. And if you already follow us and you already do that, if you could, it means a lot to me because we put a lot of hard work in the show. I know, right? In the last five minutes, it improved that. But we pour a lot of hard work into it. If you could rate us five stars on iTunes, share that with us on Twitter. It means a lot to us and you get another entry into the giveaway. If you've already done a review, all you need to do is tweet us your review. Get Take a picture of it, send it to us on Twitter and you get in uh, entered in again. That's all you got to do. It's simple. It's easy. So with all that said, Luke, you got anything to plug before we go? 
dear listener, if you uh, enjoyed me having, having on, and thank you, Kyle, for letting me step into your role, uh, you can find me on the Xbox Drive, which is a podcast I do with my good friend Sean Capri, uh, kind of a sister podcast to Trophy Room. And then uh, if anybody wouldn't mind checking out my Twitter feed, I, I post a new video every week, uh, just a two-minute review of a game I'm playing. I, I played Anthem recently. Check that one out. Thanks. Ooh. Awesome. Twitter.com slash MLS reserves. There you go. <laughs> Mixer.com slash insipid ghost. Again, the Xbox drive on iTunes. A- anywhere you could get a, a, an RSS feed. You could get a podcast. You could have that show. It's in you could put it in your pocket. It's in pocket cast, probably. And just like you can with this show as well. Please raise us five stars. iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, SoundCloud, wherever there's an RSS feed, you could get us there. Man, we're even on Spotify. Even on Spotify. So with all that said, with all that out of the way, keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation. You usually wave out.